Amen. We are starting the new year off talking about alignment. Amen. Hey, we're so glad that you guys are here today. And for those of you that are watching us online, listen, we know that there are, there's a lot of just crud and stuff that's happening in, in, the, in the, the air. And so many people are stricken with illnesses and things of that such. And, and uh, we do not want to make light of that whatsoever. And so we are praying for protection over everyone during this season. And I know that many of you that are are watching us have, have been uh, affected by that. And so our prayers go out to you guys. And uh, um, we just pray for Jehovah Rapha to step into your situation and, and, and bring healing. Hey, you know, do, do you have people in your life that are encouragers to you, people that are, that are life-giving? I hope you do at least have one or two. Uh, you know, we, we need that in life. And I was just reminded of the beauty of, of having people like that this week, just talking with uh, a, a pastor in the area and just encouraging one another and lifting each other up. And, 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 and our conversation shifts not just from a friendship to a, how are you doing and how's your family, that type of situation. But more important, there's something special when you, you, you get to start talking about what God's up to and what he's, what he's doing. And, and I just want to let you know that that the Spirit of the Lord is, is on the move. And it, even it just in the songs that we sang today, I'm reminded that it, it can be so easy for us to look around and survey what's happening in culture and feel like, my goodness, is this the end? Where is God in the midst of all of it, right? But, but, but I just want to remind you of some of the phrases from songs that we've sung today. He brings beauty from ashes. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can turn this around, right? The the victory is his. We just sang all hail King Jesus. He's the savior of the world. And I want you to know that those are more than just lyrics to a song. That is the reality of life, is it not? He is, he is the savior of the world. He's, he's the one that can turn things around. And so man, I was just reminded as, as I was visiting with this, this colleague that, man, God is, he's on the move. And, and we are so blessed in the hill country with incredible places of, of worship and pastors preaching and things of that such. And so I, I want, it's, 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 we can lose sight of, of that, that, that what's happening here is, is all that's happening. And that's not reality. We, 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 we are just one small blip on on the radar of what God is doing around the world. I, I watched uh, 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 fragments of, of a service in, in Indonesia from, from one of the churches that through your faithful giving through this house, we're able to support and, 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 and what have you. And, and, and by the way, this is just a really cool side note. So uh, uh, through, the, through one of your pastors that we support in giving in 1910, um, he, he goes to some remote islands and, and what we would call the mayor of that village has said, listen, I want to give you a piece of property if you will build a house of worship on it. And so I think we can get behind something like that and support that. But, but just seeing, I don't have a clue what they were worshiping and singing, but you just see the joy. Listen, God is at work. He's doing things. And for someone that's listening in the house or in your house today, maybe that might just be something to encourage you with right now. Listen, it's not over the battle. The Lord is still fighting for you. He's with you and he's not left you. He brings beauty from ashes. He turns graves into gardens, bones into armies. He makes highways through the sea. Come on, somebody. That's what he does. That's what he does. And so today, can we just pray for every pastor 
every Sunday school leader, every worship team, every kids leader, every greeter, every barista at houses of worship across the, the, the nation today, that, that they would just elevate the presence of Jesus. Amen? Grab a hand if you feel comfortable doing that next to you today. If, if not, we understand. And uh, by the way, just want you to know, we've sanitized everything in between worship experiences. We do. We sanitize and put stations out. So please know that, okay? So, but if you don't like the person you're sitting next to, well, you chose that, okay? You chose them. And so uh, if you want to move when people close their eyes, you can. And so anyway, but Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. You are the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You're the God of all creation, King of heaven and earth. You are the Savior of the world. Come on, church, you believe that. That is who you are. We celebrate that today. God, we thank you in advance for how the kingdom of heaven is going to expand today. As pastors and church leaders from all across the world are gathering and with people, and as believers are gathered in their, in their homes and, and, and in their cars or RVs right now or, or in, in other environments, people are gathered. And Lord, here's my prayer. Our focus, may it be on you. I pray today that the presence of Jesus would be elevated in every environment where people are gathered, where believers are gathered, where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am also. Wow. And so Jesus, be lifted high. Be lifted high. You're the sermon today. You're the focus. You're the you're the, the, the reason behind the songs. You're, 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 you're the reason we dance and, and lift our hands. You're, you're the reason we, we call out. You're the reason we humble ourselves in submission and bow down. Lord, it is all about you. And I pray, God, that you will be high and lifted up today, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Pray that preachers would preach the sermons of their life. Pray that worshipers would worship in spirit and in truth. Pray that kids would get a clearer picture as to who you are, God. At whatever level they are, may they see and experience the love of a good father in heaven. And Lord, for someone listening right now where they feel like they're down and out and their situation seems hopeless, may they be reminded that you are a wonder-working God. You are a miracle worker. And the things that we read about in, in Scripture are still who you are today. You see, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're not done and you've not let go of them. Ha, turn it around, Lord. Turn it around right now for someone. Bring healing where it's needed. God, where there's a hopeless thought or mind, would you bring hope in that moment? Lord, you're a hope dealer. Come on. Wow. That's who you are, what you do. Lord, as we position ourselves right now, as we open up our lives, Father, let us forget about all the distractions around us. And if we can, God, let us just receive all that you have. You're here with us. Pastor Esai, he's already declared that. And when you're present, transformation is possible. It's what you want to do. God, I just pray that we, we'd be ready to receive that now. In the awesome name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody in this house said, amen. Hallelujah. We, are, we kicked off a series last week entitled Alignment, right? And uh, just getting ourselves back in line this very first month of, of a new year. This is the second Sunday gathering, getting ourselves in position in an alignment for who God is and, and what he wants to do uh, in, in, in our lives. Hey, I don't know if you listen to, to 
praise and worship music. I don't know what you listen to, but, but I have that on repeat. And there's a song that, man, is just, it is just eating me up and working me over. There's a song by, by Vertical Worship that says, it's entitled, How Good Is He? You can go and Google it right now. You'll thank me later. But it's entitled, How Good Is He? And I love the very last line of that song. It says, How Good Is He? If He Never Did Another Thing For Me. Come on. Could you still say that he's good and that he's all you'll ever need? Isn't God good? God loves to do good things. God loves to rain down blessing and favor in our lives. God loves to show up in our time of need. God loves for us to celebrate. God is just good, is he not? And here's the thing that I love about when I think about who he is and and, and what he's capable of and and what he does. I love this. I'm reminded today, and I want to remind you of this today as well. You were created for a relationship with him. You were created for a relationship with a good God in heaven, the Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of heaven and earth. You were created for a relationship with him. Amen. Most of you probably came today or some of you that are watching right now, you're gathered around with people that you would say, I share relationship with him. You guys know that with any relationship, that relationship is only as strong as the amount of time and the investment that you put into that, that you spend with that individual, right? Men, we know because we're reminded of awesome. My wife posted something yesterday on social media that that was kind of just a gut punch for me. She said, I love it that men are so thoughtful and and take care of things that we only have to remind them every six months to take care of a project. He wants every six months. Yeah, okay, whatever that means. But you know that in in a relationship with someone, whoever that special person is, whether it be a friendship, a marriage relationship, you know that that relationship is only as strong as the amount of time that you spend with it and with that individual. The amount of time you pour into that, connecting, intimacy develops, right? Here's the thing that I want you to understand about the God that we worshiped this morning, that we sing to. He's a God that desires a relationship with you. And he desires to have intimacy with us. In this series that we kicked off called Alignment last week, we're we're looking at this spiritual discipline of fasting. By a round of applause, did anybody fast at any point this week? All right? Now, remember, we're not talking about from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., that's called sleep, okay? Unless you're the night shift somewhere. That's cool. But, but, but we're talking about this, this beautiful gift. And I, I know some of you say, it's not a gift for me. I fasted, and it was, not, it was torture. No, no. Spiritual discipline of fasting is a beautiful gift when we do it according to biblical principles and practice it in a way that God desires for us to do. You see, when I fast, it brings me into alignment with God's purpose for my life and with his will here on earth, the things that he wants to accomplish and do. And so we launched out last week. And if you didn't fast this week, that's okay. Maybe just encourage you to consider it today. Seek the Lord. Maybe you give up a meal. Maybe you try it for a day. Maybe you try it for three or for a week or for the next 21, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, spiritual fasting, this discipline allows you and I to, to come into alignment with who God is and what he wants to do in us and through us. He wants to do a great work in us. Now, let me just encourage you with something today that that we don't fast in order to win greater approval from God. We don't fast to somehow 
make God love us anymore. Come on, listen, I already prayed it. He's the same yesterday, today, for he already loves you with a tremendous amount of love. And you do not have to do anything else to win God's approval. Are you with me today? The Bible says that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, that means before we had ever done anything, anything that, that pleased him, right? He died for us. But you see, in the Old Testament, when you read about fasting, that this idea of fasting in the Old Testament was, was for, for self-renunciation, for, for, for people to be, to be called back to God and, and to focus on him and to, to call on for a move of God during specific times. And we know in the Old Testament that they, they fasted whenever there were times of, of, of a threat of war or, or an a, a, a adversity that maybe the nation was facing. They would be called to fast. We know that individuals in the Old Testament, they fasted oftentimes also so that God would deliver them from some calamity or, or to, to stop the imposing wrath that was headed their way. But we know also throughout the Old Testament that this beautiful gift of fasting, this thing in which God ordained to bring us back into alignment with him. We know that as so many things in the church can become, it became abused. It became misused. It became a ritual and, and they lost significance of, of really what it was all about. They begin to, to just kind of say they were fasting so that other people would notice it and look at them and say, oh, you're so religious. And look at you and and they just, they, they were doing it for the wrong reasons. Their hearts became calloused towards this beautiful, beautiful gift that God had ordained. In fact, many of the prophets begin to speak out to the people because they had abused this beautiful thing of God. In fact, Jeremiah writes these words from the Lord says, when they fast, the Lord says, I will not pay attention to them because their hearts were far from it. They lost the significance of what the fast was for and why they were doing it. Listen, when we talk about fasting, and we're going to talk about it through the whole month of January, okay? I just want to give you a heads up in case you might want to check out another church. We're going to talk about fasting here, and we're going to talk about what it means for us and, and how God can use that for, for, for our good and for, for the benefit of the kingdom, right? In fact, we're going to talk about kingdom priorities next Sunday. But listen, our goal when we talk about fasting and the goal of God whenever he instituted this, the goal of fasting is the presence of God. That's what it's all about. See, fasting is meant to draw me to a deeper level with him. It's meant to take me to a, a greater understanding of who God is and what he wants to do in my life and how he wants to use me in the world around us. Because whether you want to believe this or not, check this out. God wants to do something through your life that will benefit the kingdom. That's his plan. He wants to use you. The question is, are you open and willing for that? But our goal while fasting is the presence of God. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer says this, we have as much of God as we actually want. So here's the question I have for you today then. How much of God do you want? Maybe how much of God do you currently have right now? How much, if you're not satisfied with where you where do you want to go? How much of God do you actually want? I, I brought my golf clubs here, and there's something you need to understand about this. I've, I've had this, this thing 
for several years. It looks brand new, doesn't it? You know why? Because I don't use it much. (laughs) Um, And if you've seen my golf game, you would understand why. I'm a former baseball player. A former, I use that. You need a former, okay? But I used to play golf. And some of you have actually been a part of of seeing me play golf. And and, and you understand that my golf game is really more of a... um, it's a, it's a hybrid when, when Shrek meets sumo. That's what I look like when, when I play golf. Uh, now, I, I'm, I'm a baseball player, and, and guys that are really good at golf say, you know, you still have a baseball swing. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate Eric's played with me. And uh, if, you get, if you're down and out this week and need a pick-me-upper, call me. Let's go play a round of golf. And I'm telling you, you will feel a lot better about your life than just by watching my demonstration of four hours on a golf course, right? Now, I don't cuss much. I don't throw things. I don't break things. And I don't drink beer when I play golf, okay? But my golf game, here's what I've come to understand. The first pastor that I served with, I was 20 years old. I was fresh out of college, played baseball. He said, son, I'm going to teach you two things about ministry. I'm going to teach you how to drink your coffee black. Any black coffee drinkers in the house? Hallelujah. You upside down macchiato, frappuccino type people. I don't get that. That's all right. I know there's a place for everybody in the kingdom. Amen. But he said, I'm going to teach you how to drink your coffee black. And I'm going to teach you how to play golf. Orville Rogers, my first pastor, taught me how to drink my coffee black. But he did not teach me and help my golf game whatsoever. Here's what I've come to understand, though. That if I want to become a better golfer, there's probably somebody known as a pro that might be able to help me out. And if I would carve out some more time and go and take lessons, or the more that I would pursue and and get involved with and begin to understand, and and it's not just about even watching somebody else do it, but the more that I actually dive in and put the time into this, it might help a little bit. Does that make sense to you? It's like for some of you guys, listen, I played a round of golf last week, and I went and bought a new putter, thinking that if I just had a new golf club, that would make a difference. It didn't help a bit. I wasted 140 bucks. It was awful. Awful. And I already took the tags off and I can't take it back. So I'm stuck with it. You get this aspect of life though, that if you want to grow, if you want to become better, whether you want to become a better marksman or better with a bow, if you want to become a better construction or a better Uh, a worker or a better athlete, or if you want to become a a better doctor or whatever, you, you guys know we grow whenever we, 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 we pursue something. When, when we put time in with it, it doesn't just happen by osmosis, right? We, we, we actually have to pursue growth when it comes to whatever that is in which you would label, you know, I need to grow in this area. Tozer's right. We, we, we have as much of God as we want. H- have you ever maybe said, how come that person is, is a little bit more spiritual than I am? Or, or why does that person know more of the Bible? How, how do they know more about God? Is it that God's just kind of picking favorites and saying, you know, I want to use you and you, uh, no, uh, you, no, that's not what he does. He's come that we might all have life and have it abundantly. But the, 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 the level and how deep I go with God or to the heights that I go with him is dependent on what I put into it. Are you with me today? If I want to improve here, then I got to take those steps in order to grow. 
and go to the next level and shave some points and some, some marks off of a scorecard. The same is true with us spiritually. And this idea of fasting gives us an opportunity to grow. It gives us an opportunity to, to experience God on a deeper level. And when we talk about biblical fasting, whenever you read about it throughout Scripture, there's a, there's a context for fasting, and it's called prayer. Prayer was always and has always been a big deal when it comes to carving out time, spending time with God, making space for him to show up. Prayer is always coincides with this thing of fasting. Prayer means that, 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 that I'm going to slow down. I'm going to push the pause button a little bit. And isn't that the biggest struggle for so many of us in life today? You, 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 you've heard us say it time and time again that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, correct? I love what Dallas Willard, who was a pastor and seminary, a college professor and a theologian and a writer, I love how Dallas Willard says, that he said, hurry is the great enemy of the Christian life. That's true, isn't it? I don't think any of us in this room set out and say, you know, I really don't want to know God. Well, some people do. Some people have no desire to get to know God and understand his plan for their life. I get that some do, but I know that for the majority of us, it's like, man, we wish we could know more. Or I wish I could make better decisions. I, I wish I could, could move from where I'm currently at to that next level spiritually. And, and, and for some of us, it's this idea we're just so rushed. We're just so hurried. You see, when, when fasting is a part of my life, I, I'm, I'm carving out space. I'm, I'm pushing aside some things. That, and we talked about last week, for, I'm pushing aside a meal. I'm pushing aside maybe the prep work for us of the Brown home that 45 minutes are trying to determine where are we going to go eat and what are we going to eat, right? And, and, and I create that space. I fill it with prayer. You see, when I pray, it brings me into alignment with God. When, when, when I pray, I, I quiet myself and, 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 and I humble myself and, 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 and I thank God and I praise God because I think about all those things that he's done for me. And if he never did another thing for me, God, you are still enough. When, when, I, when I pray, I, I, I open up my life and it's not just me talking all the time, but it's about me listening. Do you know the voice of God? He, he wants you to understand that. In, in a world where we have so many voices that are, that are talking and barking and chirping, how do you know when God is calling you to do something? You see, when I pray, when I quiet myself, when I humble myself, and when I stop that busyness and the hurriedness of life, it allows me to be in alignment with who God is. You know, one of the things that, that I love about Jesus is Jesus didn't just preach sermons, but Jesus actually demonstrated and, and modeled whatever oftentimes he would speak to people. And even in the life of Jesus, we see this idea of, of slowing down and, and, and not hurrying from one place to the next. Now, remember, fasting doesn't mean that I'm trying to earn or win God's approval at a greater level or love for him to love me anymore. But, but, but when I pray and I'm actually, mm, I'm able to understand his heart a little bit more. If there was ever anybody in the course of history that probably knew what God desired and wanted the most is Jesus, right? Come on. He was God in the flesh, but yet we find time and time again in his life, we find Jesus pushing the pause button on ministry 
pushing the pause button on, on time with his disciples and relationships. We, we find Jesus pushing the pause button oftentimes on, on sleep and getting away and spending time in prayer. In fact, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, before daybreak, Jesus got up and he went to an isolated place to pray. We see this time and time again. The disciples oftentimes were looking for him. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, man, he must be out praying again, you know? Jesus was so concerned and consumed with knowing and understanding the will of his father. I don't do anything, he would say, that I don't do anything that I don't see my, my father doing. And he would pray things, not my will, God, but yours be done. Listen, this idea of praying is a big deal for you and I if we're going to be in alignment with God. And Jesus modeled that for us. You see, as I carve out space, as I slow down, and as I fast, that means I skip a meal. And I'm telling you, that's torture for a fat guy. When I skip a meal, I carve out that time and say, okay, God, listen, dude, my stomach is rumbling. And man, I am hungry. And it's not fair that my family is sitting in there eating filet mignon right now. They don't do that. But you know what I'm saying here? Lord, I want to carve it out for you. And Lord, I'm pressing in. I'm seeking you, God. And I need you to be God in this moment. Speak to me, Lord. It's me aligning with the Lord. I mean, Jesus, you know, Jesus prayed and you know, I've oftentimes wondered, how did Jesus know? I mean, we're all faced with decisions, but there were times in which Jesus in his ministry would walk by individuals and not touch them and heal them, right? I mean, think about it. Jesus could just set up a corner market. He could, he could set up just a little desk somewhere and just people come by daily and touch them, touch them, touch them, breathe on them, breathe on them, or not even have to be president. Okay, because your faith, you're here. I mean, he could do that all day. But yet we don't find, he didn't touch everybody. Jesus didn't go to every village. Sometimes he went different ways. There were sometimes in which he even told his disciples, don't go there. I mean, you ever thought about that? You see, Jesus knew what his father's will was. He was so in tune. He knew the steps that his father wanted him to take. He was in alignment with him. And then Jesus responded that way. Fasting helps me take my eyes off of the world. And it helps me put them on God. Wow. Speaking of Jesus, that, that, that I also know what fasting meant to him was, was not just so that he would understand and know the will of his father, but we know that Jesus also um, fasted in order to prepare maybe for a spiritual battle. It's interesting, in Matthew chapter 3, three we, we read in, in, in the very last two verses of Matthew chapter 3, three we, we read about Jesus' baptism. Scripture says, after his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water and the heavens were open. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And listen to what verse 17, the very last verse of Matthew chapter three, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. End of chapter. You know, the very next verse is in Matthew chapter four. And immediately the spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. Wait a minute. I've just had a time of celebration. 
Dad, you're, you're pleased with me. You, you've just said, I'm so pleased with you. Now I'm sending you into the wilderness, into the wild. Jesus, it says, go back to that verse if we can, beginning in verse one, it says, Jesus was taken into the wild by the spirit for a test slash a temptation. You know where we're going with this. The devil was ready to give it to him. Jesus prepared for this test, this spiritual battle. You see, Jesus is going to prepare for his calling, his ministry for the next three years. He's baptized, his dad's pleased, and now he finds himself in the wilderness and he's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Absolute fast, nothing, no water, no food. That left him, of course, makes sense in a state of extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of. See, sometimes it might be just good for us to consider that fasting might be actually preparing us for a wilderness moment too. In fact, some of you right now might say, you know what, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in the wilderness Isn't it interesting to you that the Lord sent Jesus there because he knew that he was going to have to prepare him? God the Father knew that that Jesus' next three years on earth would be difficult for him. But yet in this moment of 40 days of fasting, the Father was preparing his son for the incredible ministry calling on his life. You know how the story goes in there in Matthew chapter 4 that the devil came and he definitely took advantage of it, right? Three times he came and he, he tempted Jesus, right? He tempted Jesus with, hey, you're hungry. Hey, command these stones to be turned to bread. He took him another second temptation to, to, to the temple in Jerusalem and put him up there and say, hey, listen, why don't you just jump off and surely your angels will catch you before you ever strike the ground. That third temptation, he took Jesus to the mountain, the highest place. And look at all of this. If you'll just bow down to me and worship me, all of this can be yours. Well, you guys know Jesus was a man of prayer, but you also know that Jesus knew the word of God, did he not? And in all three of those temptations there in Matthew chapter 4, what we find, Jesus combated the attacks of the enemy and that test and the temptation by quoting Scripture. Jesus says, as the Scriptures say, man should not live by bread alone. Don't test the Lord, you know. No one bows down to worship. I mean, he quoted scripture. How well do you know the Bible? Do you get into it? And if we're not careful, we can be like some of those Old Testament religious people that, that we, can, we can take this that is a beautiful gift from God and we can, it can just become rote and routine to us, can it not? Or it can become the very compass of our life. It can show us how to live. It can help us in our decision-making. It can pick us up when we're down. It can encourage our spirit. It can remind us of our calling, right? Jesus used scripture. I'm reminded in, in the book of Job. Job was another man that understood hardship and difficulties, did he not? Job would write words like this. I've not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. Wow. Matthew 4, Jesus did quote, as the scriptures say, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
David, the psalmist, the very first psalm, the second verse, David says, the godly delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. You see, there's something beautiful when I participate in fast. Not only am I praying and and hearing and listening for God to speak, but I can also couple that with getting in his word and studying it and letting his word just work me over. You see, David would write in Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? Not from what the preacher said or the rabbi taught me. Now I'm going to live according to your word. He would say, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. You see, guys, what might happen in our lives is that as we create space for God to show up through prayer and in the word, how might we understand who we are more and get a clearer picture as to his calling on our life? Is that making sense to anybody today or is it just Walt and me today? I don't know. Thanks, Walt. You see, fasting coupled with times of prayer and in the word are a beautiful thing. And it brings me into alignment with who God is. And I understand his will and how he wants to use me. You know, I don't know what role the word of God plays in your life. I know for me, I, I know a lot of what the Word of God says, and sometimes what I know and what I actually do with it, they don't necessarily mesh sometimes. Am I talking to anybody else? I know sometimes that even when I spend time in prayer, that, that my prayer time is, is often rushed. Anybody? Hurried? It can even become rote and routine. Anybody? It can become really self-focused and me just griping or complaining or saying, God, I need this versus just humbling myself and saying, God, what do you want to do in me? Speak to me, Lord. I'm listening, right? I don't know what role prayer and the word of God play in your life. I, I just know that, 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 that fasting is meant to, to give us this opportunity to go deeper with the Father. And, and I do believe with Tozer that, that, that I can have all of God that I want. But I've got to take advantage of it. And I'm going to have to put forth some effort and, 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 and seek that, right? It's not just going to happen. But if I carve out time, here's what I do know that the word of the Lord says. He says, you're going to find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You see, God wants us to understand and know him more. God's desire for every one of you in this room and and, and watching online. God wants us to understand and know him more. God wants intimacy with us. He wants relationship. Remember, I said, it's why you've been created for a relationship with him. I'm just wondering, will you take advantage of this beautiful gift called fasting? As you create space for him, he'll fill it. I, I loved, I got a message from somebody this week on social media. I said, man, I spent some time praying this week 
And I learned how to pray in the spirit. And it's absolutely incredible. I love that. Someone saying, hey, listen, I tried something and God shows up in my life in a greater way. Hey, what would happen if we begin to fill our social media feeds and our next door neighbor app with, can I just tell you what God showed me this week in my time with him in prayer? Whoa. I just read it this morning before I came in here. Somebody's like, my Christmas lights are still up and my HOA is busting my chops about it. What would happen if we begin to just share with other people the revelations we get from, some of you read it too, what the revelations that, that we get from the Father through times of prayer in his word. You know, I'm praying that you would be able to grow and go deeper with the Lord this week. Would you stand with me today? Our ministry team's gonna be down front today, as always. We love to pray and encourage and come alongside of people in time needed. For some of you, 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 you are in the wilderness, right? I wanna remind you of something. God did not send Jesus into the wilderness to be by himself. He was with him. He was his supply. He was his strength. And he delivered him in that moment. And I believe that God can do that in your situation as well. But our team stands down front today and, and just wouldn't be honored if we could partner with you and pray with you and encourage you in any form or fashion. And I want to encourage you this week to consider carving out some time. Fasting. I'm talking about giving up food and drink for a specified amount of time and filling it with the presence of God. And I'm telling you, he'll show up. But you need to know that God's not a forcer. But he is a filler. Shelby, he'll show up. And he'll meet you. So Lord Jesus, that's my prayer for all of us today. That this week, we would not be satisfied with where we're at and how much we know of you. But God, we would all long to go to a deeper place with you, Lord. And Lord, you've given us an opportunity to do that. You, 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 you've laid something out in your word and you've modeled it. It's this thing called fasting. Lord, as we create space, as we, as we get our eyes off of the world and, 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 and stop listening to everyone else and as we press in and seek you, Lord, Lord, that's where the breakthrough's gonna come. The breakthrough's gonna come with our time with you. God, I pray that we'd carve out some time this week and fill it with prayer. Fill it with the study of your word and meditate on it. No, God, would you just transform us, make us more like Jesus. Lord, we desire intimacy with you. May our relationship with you this week go to a whole nother level. All for your glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you guys, you're dismissed.